Good People, Cool Things is a podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. Get inspired by their stories to do your own cool thing. And here's your host, Joey Held. Welcome to Good People, Cool Things. I'm going to be real honest with y'all. It was a rough week and a half. It's still kind of being one. I had some sort of bug. Thankfully, not COVID. Got tested. It was negative. That's delightful. But was feeling just atrocious this past week and a half, and that means that a couple a couple podcast recording episodes had to be postponed, which means that there wasn't a new episode for this week. But when that happens, I just like to dig into the vault because I have done some wonderful interviews over the years. And by wonderful, I mean the people I'm interviewing are wonderful. This interview is from back in 2015 with Bob Makala, who if I had to peg someone as the real-life most interesting man in the world, Bob would probably be it. He and I met at a Barstool Poetry event, which we will get into in the episode of what that is, but it is delightful. It's fantastic. If you have not done a Barstool Poetry, I would highly recommend it. Maybe once bars reopen again, since we're kind of in that phase of maybe going outside uh, and hanging out with people, not the best thing. So once that's behind us, would highly recommend Barstool Poetry. It's a lot of fun. Bob moved from Austin to New York and started Bob Tomistic Books, his own book publishing company. He's got lots of fun titles underneath that umbrella, and we're chatting about all of it. And Bob's been up to a lot more since then. So I would highly recommend heading over to 2DegreesOfBob.com because he has gotten up to so much more since we last chatted, but I think there's a lot of good stuff and takeaways and interesting things going on in this episode. You can also hear how my interviewing not as good back in the day as well as the recording setup and all that good stuff. Come a long way from the blue snowball. Uh, but we're, uh, I think you still hear everything very well. And Bob's an interesting guy, so I want to give him some love. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can reach out at GPCT Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also reach out joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Always love hearing from you. And the store has been updated on the website. So if you want to come grab some cool merch or just look at it and be like, hey, this is nice merch. You can do that as well. But for now, let's hop into the conversation with Bob. Joey. How are you, man? I am good. How you doing? Doing all right. It's been a, it's been a hectic morning. I had a, uh, the uh, Time Warner technician had to come over to change, uh, change out the cable box. And so he, uh, he just left like a few minutes ago. So. so you're at their mercy for your entire day based on their schedule. Yeah, they somehow only had a. Uh, they they only gave a an hour window, which I was kind of impressed by because I uh, feel that's like good. And did they make that that window? They did. Yeah, uh, I was excellent. I was pretty surprised, and near near the beginning of it too. I was uh, I was like, this has got to be a record for closest to like accurate time. I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. So you got you're in the flow. You got some mojo going. Good to hear it. Exactly, yeah. I've got have to uh reset up all my recordings now, but it's the summer season, so it's fun. Oh good. What are you watching right now? Uh, honestly I've been um recording I uh, TBS is playing Seinfeld like in its order. And I was thinking like I don't know if I've ever actually watched like I've seen every episode multiple times, but I don't know if I've ever actually watched it like in order, so it's kind of interesting to see, you know, occasional callbacks they'll do that I, I wouldn't have really thought of otherwise, but then when you watch it back to back, it's like, oh yeah, like that did happen last episode. Yeah, and you watch the characters um, progress too, because Kramer changed pretty significantly, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, the hair, 
didn't uh, didn't get to peak level until like the middle of season three. So, well, you know, I also heard just somebody just said recently. I don't forget where I heard this, but when he went from being like the the idiot at the beginning until uh, by the end, he thinks he's the smartest one in the whole group. Yeah, and it's it's yeah, it's interesting to see because he'll he'll show flashes every once in a while. I'm on uh, season four right now, um, so how many seasons? Seasons did, did they do? Uh, they had nine total, so nine. it's still... They're, like, I starting just, to round I in. just did a story, a real short story for um, my first airline magazine piece <laughs> on Seinfeld Day at a uh, Brooklyn Cyclones game. So that was my first trip to Coney Island. You know, I moved from Austin to um, Brooklyn last November. And so last month, oh, actually it was in late July, early July... Went to Coney Island for the first time, first time, went to my first minor league baseball game, got on the field and um, and, and watched the uh, Elaine Dan- dance contest, among many other things. There was a guy and there were five people in the, in the Elaine dance, dance off, and one of them was a, a guy that um, just coincidentally was a dead ringer for Jerry. Oh, and that's he was amazing. a season ticket holder for eight years and then... Seven years into it, they they decided they're going to have a Seinfeld, a salute to Seinfeld Day, and uh, this this guy, this this season ticket holder who looks exactly like Jerry, um, but they don't have a Jerry look like contest. They have the Elaine dance contest, so he's forced to enter that thing <laughs> in drag. Yeah, it was good. Was he the winner, or is he just uh, no, just no, a participant? He, well, last year, see, I and the first year he was the runner up, but he was dressed like Jerry. So this year. He thought he lost. He thought he lost last year because he wasn't dressed like Elaine. So this year he comes in the Elaine dress. He's got the uh, the, the leggings and and uh, and had a wig. Had put makeup on, you know, lipsticks, the works, and had a wig. And like five ten seconds into the dance contest, the wig flies off, and um, he's basically and then he's just a hideous cross dressing Jerry at <laughs> dancing like Elaine, which is. Not uh, not what the audience was going for. <laughs> well, maybe next year, third time will be the charm. Yeah, but he was a nice guy. Actually, he's you can check out a picture of him. I have a blog called Two Degrees of Bob, where I'm trying to count every per catalog every person I've ever met, past, present, and future, uh, with pictures and a little paragraph about how I know this person. And uh, he's I think 81, 82. He's on the list. Check him out. Definitely. Two Degrees of Bob dot com. And the number first, two. The number first, two or, or like spelled out? Huh? The number two or spelled out? I was like, spelled uh, out. Two, the, the number two. Boom. Two yes. yeah. Boom, yeah. The plugs. Always got to make sure they're... Oh, man. I'm the, I'm the worst self-promoter, so <laughs> I'm, I'm gripped with self-loathing any time I throw a plug out there. Well, you'll at least have some, uh, have some backup from me. Yeah, okay. I hope so. Yeah, and I'd, I'd love to give the listeners a little background, because I think how we met was um, through one of the, the most fun things I've still been at, um, involved with since I moved to Austin, which was Barstool Poetry. Uh, and can you just talk a little bit about how, how you even heard about this in the first place, and then how you, how you started it in Austin? Yeah, well, how I heard about Barstool Poetry is because I, I stumbled into doing it in uh, 92, I think. Uh, my roommate and I, John, we were at a bar in West L.A., uh, San Francisco Saloon on Pico. Uh, we had a bunch of friends that were bartenders there, so we were single guys out of college. And uh, But we were also uh, had 
crippling uh, self-consciousness and a lack of uh, confidence to get up and talk to girls that we found cute in the bar. So instead of uh, trying to approach women, we one night I had a pen and a, I got a cocktail napkin and I jotted down a title to a poem and uh, something I thought would make John laugh. And then I gave him the napkin and the pen. I said, write a poem to fit that title. And he kind of looks at me funny and then he went ahead and did it and uh, he gave me a title and three, four hours later, uh, we had a massive pile of what we call Barstow poems and we, uh, <laughs> so we were either um, hunched over writing on napkins or reading these things out loud to each other and cracking each other up and we lost that self-consciousness that a lot of people get in bars and uh, we were having such a good time that during the course of the evening, um, every female in the bar had wandered over and asked us what the hell we're doing. So we realized we just met every girl without getting off our asses. What a great idea. Let's do this the next time we go out. So over the course of the next uh, handful of several years, I, um, I did Barstool Poetry with a number of friends, strangers, bartenders, waitresses, and I had uh, collected over 550 of these things. Um, through throughout the 90s, early 2000s, and so, um, and every time I moved, I had I had saved them in a, a big Ziploc bag, and uh, through every move, they made they they made several moves with me. So finally, after many years of just lugging these things around, I decided to uh, self-publish a book about these things, taking the best the my favorite. I did 13 chapters. Each chapter had 13. Um, napkin poems in it so uh called the barstool poetry um the early years 1992 to 2000 and uh, at, at the time i was driving a cab when i did this so i started selling these things out of my cab and uh people people loved them they they, uh, they would read poems in the cab getting getting rides of uh, this one girl uh, regular customer a customer of mine said she and her friends drove from Austin to, uh, it was a long, like, five, six-hour drive, and she said the entire time they, they were reading, they read the whole book. They just passed it around and were cracking up. So um, that kind of, I mean, I, and I already had a good sense that it was a, a good idea. It was a good way to get people out of their shells, a way to document the night. It was a way to purge whatever angst you're feeling. And it had a lot of fun uses. It could have been a drinking game, a way to, you know, there were nights where we, there'd be three, four of my friends, and we'd do a round of Barstow poems, and, and we'd pick a girl that we wanted to meet and walk over and ask her to read if she wouldn't mind reading these things and picking the, her, the best one. So, I mean, it served many purposes, and, and once I had finally got around to publishing the book, and uh, I, got a, I got written up in the uh, Austin American Statesman, I decided to, uh, and, and I just love my cab my cab customers, my regulars, I had, I just thoroughly enjoyed the job. It was a great time to, um, to be, to have that kind of job before Uber hit town and, uh, I was new in town. So, so I decided to, um, have a, a, actually one of my customers, um, Dave, thanks, thanks Dave, um, <laughs> decided to, um, he said like, my buddy owns a bar on, on 6th street. Why don't we have a book party for you? So, we, uh, we did that, and uh, had probably, I don't know, 40, 50 of my friends and cab customers showed up, and, uh, and I took the contents of, I had, I had, we had a bowl, we had three bowls at the front of the room, and the first bowl was where you can toss in a, a 
pick up a napkin and toss in a, a title. Second bowl was reserved for anybody who was at, attending the event could reach in the, in the bowl and uh, pick out somebody else's title, walk off and write a poem, and throw it in bowl number two. And bowl number two, anybody can walk up and read the, the poems in bowl number two. And uh, and if you really like what you read, you can throw it in bowl number three. So at the end of the night, we had people reading various poems that they'd written. It was so, so it was a fascinating cross-section of UT high school, or UT kids, and and uh, and uh, this retired couple from Houston that lived uh, down by uh, down by the lake, and they were my re- regulars, and you know, it was just a crazy cross-section of, of Austin, so I decided to start having, you know, I wanted to have one every month, it didn't quite work out to every month, but that's when I met you, did I meet you on the second one at, uh, on East 6th, that at, at Violet, uh, yeah, yeah, that was the first one I made it, and I I went with a friend who I'm pretty sure broke off a, a date she had planned because she oh. she heard the concept. She's like, that sounds a lot better than you know a, a stuffy old dinner. So um, oh, excellent. Well, did she have go. fun? Was it worth breaking off the date? I think so. Yeah, I don't know if I, she ever did go on a date with that guy. Maybe he was too hurt after that, but she she definitely enjoyed herself. I think she I. She spent a lot of time on one of her poems, and then at the end was just like, "This wasn't like I should have just gone with what first came to my head." But um, which I think is is the, I mean, I was actually I had just found the uh, a copy of the book. It's not the early years one, but the one from uh, from Austin, and it I some of the ones in there that you know clearly whoever wrote it just the first thing that popped to their mind, I, you know, just jotted it down and, and they're still great. And I think that's, that's a big key of it is it's like, you know, you're not trying to write the next great American novel here, but I, you know, whatever the, the yeah, title what is. What I wanted like, to yeah. impress is that there's no wrong answer. It's just the only wrong answer is not participating. Exactly. You know? So, and, and, you know, there's, there's bound to be stinkers and there's, and, but there's, I, I would argue there's, there's a, there's occasional moments of brilliance in there too. Despite the um, level of sobriety of the person that wrote it, <laughs> and and uh, I know you had uh, the bowl of like, it, I don't know if it was necessarily a, a you know separate bowl or anything, but you had your like top top tier ones. Um, yeah. What what percentage would you say of of all the poems that you got were ones that were actually like, wow, that was you know fantastic. Um, you know I. I'm, 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 see, my, I'm so uh, I'm, I'm wrestling with answering that because I feel like my standards of what, what's good or great or compelling is maybe different than a lot of people's. So I, to me, it was like about a third of them, maybe more. But it was you know so subjective that um, I just love the fact that people are even attempting it, and and I feel like. Especially when you have a little buzz going, you're you're more apt to reveal a, a layer of yourself that you might have hidden behind a mask if you're more sober in the light of day, you know. Yeah, and it was it was an interesting thing to see, kind of as the night progressed. Um, I know, <laughs> despite uh, despite amp difficulties, at least. In yeah. Night. Oh my god. So the, I mean, I still love the concept, and I just found. Um, I just saw on Facebook um, yesterday that a guy that I met when I was volunteering in New Orleans, um, he just opened a bar in Williamsburg with two friends of his. So um, this sounds like a perfect place to to get back into doing this. But the the events, there was always they never. I mean, there was maybe one or 
two that that turned out like met my expectations. And I tried to have no expectations, but I, you know, at the bottom line is I would still love it if a ton of people came out and participated and had a great time and and uh, and the mics worked, and the amps worked, you know, and the technology all flowed, and you know, and we had cool lights, but it was a very low tech. Um, Yeah, and I think that I think that added to the charm a little bit, though. Sometimes they. I hope so. I mean, I never, I, and and the couple times that I I that I went to one, I'd have people coming up who who had no idea what was happening, and I'd I'd try to explain the situation to them, like, hey, you know, just go over to that bowl and and pick something out. And I feel like most of the time they at least went over to the bowls. I don't know if yeah. they if they you know actually took out a poem and wrote something, but um, I know at least one guy did, and he came over and had me read it before he put it in. Oh, he was yeah. like, do you like it? I'm like, yeah, man. Like, do there's you a like percentage it? <laughs> of people, it's not a big percentage of people, but I feel like the pers- there's a, there is a small subset of people that really, when they stumble onto it, they really love it. You know, they love the idea of it, they love doing it, and you know, that's the people I'm, I guess um, uh, I'd like to cater to and find more of those people. But I personally, if I walked into a bar and stumbled into this instead of a trivia night, I'd be psyched, and I'd be even more psyched if 50 other people were uh, shared my attitude about it. Definitely, and I feel like I'd, uh, I'd do better at this than at trivia. Yeah, not... yeah, I'm actually pretty good at trivia, so I, I, I need to go to more trivia nights and... Maybe um, do some networking for some bar for my barstool poetry nights. Yeah, and you can win some good uh, some good bar tabs. I know I I was at a bingo night a couple of weeks ago, and I was with a few friends, and one of them went to the bathroom, so I was like still filling out her card too, and she won, and so I got I like ran over, and I was like, oh, it's my friends, but she's in the bathroom, and then so the guy was like announced over the microphone, he's like, all right, we have a winner, maybe. <laughs> he he waited to look at it until she came back from the bathroom, but I guess there was a huge line, so we're standing there for like ten minutes, just awkwardly looking at each other. And then he's oh, like, shit. he like well, took a glance at it, and he was like, "All right, you like you won, whatever. I'm just we're not going to wait for it." How much was the prize? I think it was a twenty five dollar tab for the bar, so not yeah, too bad. I went, the only trivia night I ever went to in Austin was uh, Gibson's. You know where Gibson's is? Yeah, that's where the bingo was. <laughs> <laughs> They're giving out prizes all over the place. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, want, I, th- I thought when it was 20 and I wasn't drinking much, so I had to get $20 worth of cranberry juices. And <laughs> they were like, yeah, we're just going to give you this for free. Use it on somebody else. But um, that was my experience with Trivia Night. But I would love to find a space somewhere to, um, to get Barstool Poetry going out here in Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be places. I yeah, feel like that would yeah. Be... I'm going to hit up this guy that I know. This could be... This could be uh, just a continuation of your good mojo on the uh, over the cable guy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Keep, I'm feeling it. Keeping feeling it going. It. Thank you, man. You're my good luck charm. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually. I uh, he noticed I have a Nintendo 64, mm-hmm. and so he um, he asked how how I you know how it's holding up, and I'm like, yeah, it's still pretty good. You know, I still have to blow in the cartridges to get it going, but that's a that's an old standby. That's been true since like 1996. Um, yeah. And he was like, well, how are the controllers? And I was like, one of them has like a little bit of a, you know, the stick is a little wobbly, but, that, you know, that's just wear and tear. And then he, he uh, introduced me to this site, although he, he said it was just called Geek, and I know geek.com is not this site, yeah. so I don't know if there is a, if maybe you have to search like Geek China, but it's basically 
I just a like a Chinese warehouse that has all kinds of electronics for very cheap. And he was like, my sister has a Nintendo 64, and so I bought I bought her like four and 64 controllers, and uh, they they're longer cables, I guess, so you can sit farther back and not damage your eyes as much. And they're, he said they're like five dollars. So there's a plug for that site too. I don't know. Wow, you really was your good luck charm. That's, I know. That sounds amazing. How many times you get get uh positive information from the cable guy it's it's rare and that he showed up on time and finished in less time than they said it would take like that's a trifecta yeah if you're a bad man you might want to parlay that football. <laughs> i might <laughs> so yeah football's getting started yeah college football season yeah you like any of the the games i was looking at some of the ones that are happening just in terms of watching them and i don't know if it, it's a lot of average teams playing and then tcu plays Isn't michigan tonight. playing tonight are they? I, t- I must have missed that then. Yeah, you know what? I haven't even looked at the schedule because I know I'm trying. I got some things I'm trying to get done, and I know that if I, I'm tempted by a good game tonight, I will be, I will be pulled to watch the game, and I'm trying to avoid it. So, because <laughs> I know that fo- I'm a huge football fan, so it's, it's I'm recognizing that there's going to be some lost hours there. So before it actually, it's time to do the deep dive. I'm gonna try to get productive on some of these projects here. <laughs> this is probably for the best. So who's your team then? Um, well, in college, I went to UCLA, so I gotta go. I gotta be a UCLA diehard forever. Grew up a USC football fan and UCLA basketball fan, then went to UCLA, UCLA and realized that there's there's no good reason to root for UC, USC football anymore at all. <laughs> and it's actually fun to root against them. So the fact that we've Kicked their ass the last three years has been nice, but they, uh, uh, there are people picking them to go to the Final Four. So and UCLA, so it's going to be an interesting season. We got a good team. We got a true freshman quarterback. It's going to be good. Yeah. Who's your team? Uh, I went to Miami, so I'm a Miami Hurricane. You went to University of Miami in Florida or in Ohio? Florida. Oh, Hurricanes. Yeah, so we've been uh, quite average. You guys are on a kind of a down, uh, downward cycle right now, right? Yeah, a lot of six and six seasons. Yeah, we went through that. We had we had a long run of that, but things are looking up for us now. Hopefully, we can ride on the coattails there. Yeah, I'm a Pac-10, Pac-12 fan now, but um, one of my nephews, uh, I got sixteen nephews and nieces, but one of my ne- uh, nephews, his best friend who I've known since he was in fourth or fifth grade is uh got a full ride to play football at ASU who was also picked to be very good this year so this is going to be a year that I'm going to be following uh the Sun Devils closer than ever so we should expect the Pac-12 then to Pac-12 is going to yeah they're going to be they're they're good they're they people, a lot of people are saying they're as good if not better than the SEC this year well, I know the ACC will not be at that level, so I'm excited to uh, to see some yeah, other good conferences. Yeah, you still got Florida State and Georgia Tech's ACC, right? Yeah, and Clemson is, is always, yeah, all right. Um, North Carolina plays South Carolina tonight, so oh. I, I don't know if that'll that'll teach us anything about if either of those teams are good. But I would, we'll I would, I like, I like seeing Steve Spurrier lose, so I'm, I'm going for <laughs> USC on that one. Yeah, and I, I always root for the other ACC teams if they're not playing Miami, because then it, you know, it makes them look good too. So yeah, yeah, and you want you're rooting hard 
for Virginia Tech against uh, Ohio State in that first game. Yeah, can they pull it off two years in a row? We'll see. Uh, I would love to see that. Love to see that. Didn't, didn't um, keep them from winning it all last year, though. No, it did not. So. But yeah, that's the, that's the key. You schedule your potential trap games the first week, and then you can, you can recover. Yeah, yeah. Are you an NFL fan? Yeah, I had my... I, I, I told myself I wasn't going to do fantasy football this year, and then I found myself in two leagues. So had with I, people you know or with strangers? People I know. Uh, yeah. Well, one of them is, is only a couple people I know, and then it's strangers. Um, the other one, I probably know about half of the people in it. So, yeah, it's still mostly strangers, I guess. So, we'll... so are you picking? Because I'm in a thing where, um, it's, I guess it's not really fantasy football, where you pick, uh, you pick who the winners of each game against the spread. And oh. um, it's and then uh, it's maybe twenty people in it. Throw in a uh, hundred chips, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and then if you win the week, then you win your hundred chips. Oh. And so by the end of the year, you uh, you, know, it's, it's, you don't put any money out, or chips out up front. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. I love it. It's a, so it makes every game. You know, you're you're paying attention to every game. You've got something writing on every single game. Yeah, we I, I do that. Uh, my cousin runs a, a pick'em league like that. Um, it's not against the spread though, which that that would that would make me probably a lot worse than I am in it. But this one has uh, I don't know if you do the confidence points. What's that? So it's there's sixteen games in week one. So each game you rank on how confident you are of it. So like the one you think this team is for sure going to win, you put 16 on that. Oh, right. And then it'll add up all those points. And so I, I remember last year there was some week where my four most confident games were all wrong. And I was like, this is... I need to, I need to step back and look at my process here because this is not the way to do it. But, and you're not even picking... You're just picking winners, not even against the spread. Yeah, not even against the spread. Just straight up winners. And it was like... I, I think only one of them was even a close game. Like The other three were just like huge blowouts. Not in my favor, and I'm like, wow. Was it because you're not you're not a student of the game enough, or was it just because there's crazy shit happens in football? Yeah, I think it's just because the NFL is so unpredictable, and it's and it's it's always like things I like kind of briefly consider. Like I I don't know if you remember the Raiders when they won their first game last year. Um, it was like on a Thursday night um, against the Chiefs, who were doing pretty well, and like it's. Yeah, the I only thing I really remember, other than it being like a very bad game to watch, was uh, the Raiders got a sack on um, second or third down, and then we're celebrating in the backfield while the Chiefs are <laughs> right. trying to get back yes, to the line. I remember that. <laughs> and so uh, that was a game where, I, for a long time, I was like, you know what? Like this has all the makings of like the Chiefs are going to blow it because they're playing Denver the next week, who's always their their big rival on the, the division the last few years. And so I was like. This just like seems like a game they'd lose, but I couldn't pull the trigger on it. And then <laughs> Oakland wins, and I was like, "Of course, of course." Go your gut, follow your gut. I know, but uh, again, a lot of people picked uh, Kansas City to win that too. So yeah, I feel like if you if you're with the crowd for the most part and you lose, it's not as bad. But. Yeah, exactly. I'm also. Uh, you ever you know what a suicide pool is? You know yes, that? yes. That's pretty uh, fun too. It's like, well, I mean, it's fun. As long as you're in it, because you can be gone the first week and your your season's over. Yeah. But um, that's that's great. You throw some money in there or some chips in there. <laughs> there's uh, two thousand people at fifty chips per a head. That's 
That's a pretty big hit if you uh, take that home, but man, all you gotta do is pick one one winner a week for that one. I know it's I I uh, did it for the first time last year and was gonna do just pick against Jacksonville because I figure that's a good yeah. you know good strategy. And so I had they were playing the Eagles and I had them. And then at the last second, I don't know why, I think I had listened to something earlier where people were really on the Bears and people were uh, really thought the Bills would be bad. They're like, the Bills might be the worst team in the league. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'll save Philadelphia for later. I'm going to pick the Bears. And it was like just the, the perfect like start to the game. Like The Bears went like four for four, just like drove downfield so easily on the first play of the game. I'm like, yes, this is going to be great. The yeah. Eagles were down like 17 nothing after the first quarter, and I was like, man, I'm so glad I made this switch, and then just the rest of the games happened. The Eagles scored like 34 points in a row. Yeah. Bears suddenly couldn't move the ball at all, and it was just a, oh my goodness. It was, <laughs> it was a quick way to lose that league. So. It's amazing the, the uh, just having something riding on a game like that is still, you, you'll, you'll remember that game years later. Yeah. Like, I remember the, um, the Jaguars and the Colts game. I had the um, I had the Colts because everybody was picking against the Jaguars, of course, and and uh, they lost the game on like an eighty-yard pass play with under a minute left to go, and got me out of it. And I was in the suicide pool. I was maybe seven, eight weeks in, wow. feeling good, getting super excited about my process, my progress, and just killed me. And I haven't watched the Jaguars game since. <laughs> I don't know if you're missing much. Although this year, I, I think they might at least be kind of entertaining to watch. Yeah, to Orioles is supposed to be much better this year, from what I hear. I mean, compared to what they've had in the past decade, I can't can't imagine it's any worse. Uh, any well, we like some, uh, when they had NJD over there, he had some good years. That's true. He was a good a good Bruin. Pocket had some big games yeah. for us. And now he's uh, now he's giving fantasy advice on a Sirius XM radio station. Is he really? Yeah, I'll, he's, he's done he, his post career, his post football career. Well, he was doing that while he was playing still. Oh, really? Um, for a, a, I think it, this is like the sixth year of it, and he he just retired last year. So, he's, is he good? Um, I I mean I've never followed any league he's been a, in. It's a little podcast in this little corner of cyberspace. <laughs> Come, well, with, uh, come, come with your real feelings here. I mean, I don't think he's he's bad necessarily, but I think sometimes when he was making a point, he'd like because um, he, he obviously doesn't get to watch as many games as you know all of us sitting on our couches on a Sunday do because um, yeah. he's busy playing. So he you know he might see film on like a couple opponents or whatever. But um, so he he would uh, you know mention some guy. That was like normally good, but had been like you know slightly hurt or like struggling a little bit or something, and and would like point to him as like, oh, I think he's gonna he's gonna do well this week. And I was like, I don't know actually, but um, but for, I mean for the most part, he, he I feel like he knows what he's talking about more than some of the other people on ESPN. I'll say so. What's uh, what's your uh, NFL team that you like? Um, I grew up in Chicago, so I put oh, myself in the, the mercy of the Bears. So that was probably my first mistake, was picking my team for uh, the suicide pool for week one. Uh, you got out in week one? Yeah, it was the first week. So It was great. It was that, and then uh, March Madness, my runner-up this year, was Iowa State, who you may remember lost, uh, I think, the second game of the whole yeah. tournament. And so I was like, wow, it's like 
one thirty, and <laughs> day one already at. <laughs> question then we can get on to bigger and better things so um i assume you're doing another suicide pool this year have you decided yeah. on your week one pick because it's a lot of mediocre teams playing each other and a lot I of good teams playing each other yet. oh okay even, yeah it's next weekend right it's not this yeah week. yeah next next thursday a week from yeah. today it'll start yeah um, no i'm the last way to the last minute guy i'm getting i'm gathering definitely gathering my info Oh, who's going to be good? I just started watching Hard Knocks. Very Watch nice. that on HBO. Yes, I've dabbled. Yeah, that's uh, that's really good. That show's great. I've, I've missed it the last few years, but amazing. J.J. Watt seems like a superhuman. <laughs> yeah, he does. And, and a nice guy, that second episode where he stayed till like 10.30 and signed every last autograph after he did extra practice stuff with under the lights while everybody else was gone. I wonder if he was playing for the, to the cameras for that. I don't Probably know. not. I'm sure, yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I, I feel like he does like to ham it up for the cameras a little bit, but I'm sure that was probably a, a genuine moment. Yeah, well, he seems like, he seems to have a, a stronger work, work ethic than everybody else, and it shows on the field. He's amazing. Yeah. We'll see if he can, uh, if he can beat his, um, what did he have? Five touchdowns last year. Oh, he did? Which is, yeah, which is absurd. That's uh, impressive for a defensive end. <laughs> yeah, it was not bad. They'd throw him in on, uh, on goal line plays a couple times, so that's always... Well, yeah, did you see the episode where he, he was taking, he was catching passes from the jugs machine with one hand after practice. He was snagging them. That's always remarkable. I, every time I make a one-handed catch in a flag football league I'm in, it's... Uh, it's a minor miracle. So. It's a little extra ha- jolt of happy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you kind of want to just like bounce the ball off the defender, too, just to, to rub it in a little more. But Are you in a flag football league right now? Um, we're actually in between uh, seasons right now, our last season. Um, so normally we have a, a team that we um, play with that's the same you know, core group of people, and maybe there's like one or two that'll rotate. Um, and... This past season, uh, most of the people were either traveling or, you know, just couldn't commit to, because uh, it's it's Monday or Tuesday nights you get to pick, so they they couldn't commit to like a during the week kind of thing like that. Um, and so they were like, "No, nah, we can't we can't do it this season." So uh, one other guy and myself signed up as free agents and just joined this other team. Um, that it was, I, th- I think we finished three and three. Um, and made the playoffs, and then lost by you know, like eight or ten in the in the uh, playoffs to a team that I think eventually won the whole thing or made the championship at least. Um, did and, they throw you as many passes as your uh, as your old team did? No, they did not. Um, and the the I mean, I still got targeted a decent amount, I guess, but it also you know helps to know uh, everyone's strengths and everything. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, we had. Um, the first week, we had two guys alternate between quarterback, which is fine. It's like, you know, see who's, 
who can do what and all that. And one guy was like very, very solid on his throws. Like occasionally he might, you know, be a little late in like seeing someone, but his yeah. throws were always like, you know, good spirals and like got to where they needed to be. Um, and the other guy was very fast. Like if he could get around the quarter, it was like a touchdown every time. It was like Michael Vick in yeah. 04, like vintage. Um, but he could not, he, he kind of shot putted it when he threw it. And just so many times he'd just throw up this like jump ball for grabs. And I'm just like, no, this is not good. And like the, a couple times he did try to go like deep down the field and it just never ended well. It was almost always an interception or the offensive player would just have to make a great like play to bat it down. But it was... And but then uh, he he became like the main quarterback, because um, I guess the other guy uh, for a little bit hurt his hand. He had like sprained something in it or something, so he was out for a couple weeks from throwing. Um, but even when it looked like it was okay towards the end of the season, he still would rarely play quarterback. And I was like, "Come on, man, get the guy that can throw." Because if the if the other guy's in, you know, you're either gonna run it or he's gonna throw gonna throw a shitty pass. I know. It's... Yeah, and and it would it would always be uh, it was a little rougher because he'd lead the team to a touchdown like the first drive and maybe even the second drive, but then the defense realizes, wait a minute, yeah, there's like this one way he can beat us. So, you play uh, high school football? I actually didn't. No, no, I was in the band for a couple of years, so got to got to get on the field that way. But um, what did you, you play in the band? I played clarinet. You still playing clarinet? I'm not. No, um, I gave it up in uh, junior year after junior year of high school. So, were you inspired to play the clarinet from uh, Woody Allen? <laughs> I wasn't. Um, I I remember when we uh, had our instruments, we got to choose um, like our first and second choice, and I was all set. Like before, I'd even played anything. I was like, all right, trumpets first choice, saxophone second choice, boom. And then they had like a demo, and you could try all the instruments. And I could not make a sound on either trumpet or saxophone. And I was like, uh-oh, this might change my thing. <laughs> I think you just blow into this thing. you got to actually like, make that weird. That is an unnatural thing to do. I know. And as like, you know, a fourth grader, you think, oh, I'll never get this. Um, yeah. And so I ended up, I, despite the fact I couldn't make a sound out of the clarinet either, um, a lot of my friends signed up for clarinet, so I just went with that too. And Many of them left band before we even got to middle school, but I stayed in it for, I guess, eight years. That's nuts. Eight years of band? Oh my goodness, yeah. Damn. I mean, fourth and fifth grade, I feel like it's not, you have, like, practice once a week, and it's, I don't think we even ever played any recitals in fourth and fifth grade. It was just like a, a teacher would teach, like, three of us. Yeah. But by high school, you're ready to get on the field under the lights, probably, huh? Exactly, yeah. After all those years. Yeah. Are like very poorly choreographed um, things. Uh, what I kind of like though is we had uh, during the week of the homecoming game, we'd have uh, the Saturday morning. We'd like march throughout the neighborhood, um, oh, just really? playing, yeah, playing like a bunch of songs from that were supposed to be like sports related. But the only one I can remember is Danger Zone. <laughs> and at the time, I like wasn't I hadn't really like I didn't know what Danger Zone sounded like because. Really? Yeah, I was I was not really privy to a lot of uh, what was that like eighties, seventies? I think that was early eighties. Yeah, well, I, that's from Top Gun, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen Top Gun. I have not either, but I well, I I'm, not, I'm probably <laughs> twice your age, so 
I've got a lot more years to well, it came about the same time you were alive back then. You could have seen it. We both had a lot of years to miss it. I know. Maybe. I still want to see it, though. There's part of me wants to see it. I've also not seen Point Break, which I uh, hear I need to see. Yeah, with uh, Keanu Reeves, right? And, and... Yeah, with Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze I, I yeah. had an uh, interesting one-hour chat with Keanu Reeves, and he told me as I was leaving, he told me a story about it. I, I said, did you know how to surf before you went down there? He's like, no, I um, I learned. I went took a trip to Mexico, and the first time I went out in the water, he said he tried to paddle through a wave and didn't realize that, um, I mean, there was too much of the board in front of him, and mm-hmm. you didn't realize that you're not supposed to. you got to hold on to the board as the wave's coming. So he said the board came up and smacked him right in the nose, got <laughs> Bloody nose, and that's how he learned how to surf for point break. <laughs> it's amazing, and that was like a like a throwaway comment. That stuff. was just yeah. like I'm I'm leaving nice meeting, and it wasn't. I didn't even get it on tape. I had the whole, I got the rest of the conversation on a on a tape that's sitting in a box right next to me, but not that part. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just embedded in my in my memory. Hopefully, it lasts for a while. That's pretty great. I've also never seen Point Break, but I. I if you've seen Hot Fuzz, I love Hot Fuzz. Yeah, yeah when they when they reference Point Break and shoot yeah, your gun up in the air and yelling ah. <laughs> yeah, I get the references, but I have not seen the movie. All right, well, we'll both add it to our list. I mean, it's, it's it seems like it's on both of our lists already, but we'll actually. Yeah, there's a lot better better movies that I probably should see before that, but that that should be near the top of the list just for the kitsch factor. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 So, what may, I, I gotta ask you a question. What made you want to do a podcast, and what is the idea behind Locally Sourced Joey? Yes, yeah, so the, I, I'll give my brother-in-law, Ryan, a shout-out for the name. Um, so my, my blog is called A Hot Cup of Joey, um, and I've had that for years and years. And how, um, so how often do you write on it? Um, I try to post something um, daily, because I'll do a lot of just kind of like... You know, if I see something interesting or there's like a cool video or something, I'll try to post something about that. Um, I, I would like to do more actual writing on it, um, you know, more kind of like long form uh, thoughts, pieces, I guess. Um, I, so that'll be, that'll be a project to do. But I'm also working on some, uh, some other writing, uh, writing things as well. So sometimes the... Uh, the blog takes a backseat to the thing that'll provide chips. Um, uh, yeah. So, so the writing stuff that you're talking that you're working on, do you um, do you talk about those on your podcast, or is that on the down low, not to be um, not for public consumption? Uh, I can talk about them. I mean, they're I they're doing. Um, I mean, they're they're in various stages of completion. Um, I'm working on a a novel um, that is wow. still. I mean, it's probably it's probably about like a third of the way done. Um, just like a, a first draft, of course. Because uh, have I, you ever written a novel? I have not. No. Um, so it'll be yeah, it'll be the first undertaking of that. Um, and I I have just a, a collection of um, short stories that range from um, complete fiction to true. Um, I I also used to live out in LA for a couple years um and did not have a car out there uh so i have a lot of bus stories um where did you live without a car 
I uh, I was in Santa Monica for a year, and then I moved in with a buddy in Brentwood. Um, so still. Where, where in Brentwood? I used to work in Brentwood. Um, it was on. Oh, let's see if I Mayfield. I think was the street. One of those nice swanky houses off of uh, San Vicente. Uh, no, it was a little bit. Um, San Vicente gets super north up there, doesn't it? So it was it was just north of Wilshire. Okay. Um, and it was yeah, it was near the swanky houses but we uh we had an apartment so uh, uh it, like barrington i used to uh my college girlfriend lived over there right on right on barrington did you go to uh did you go check out all the oj landmarks while you while you lived there uh yes yes i uh it, it took me a while um after living there that i was like wait a minute i'm like down the street um so yeah when i uh, yeah sought out there and there's a lot of just uh celebrities still living i you know around there and and you'd see like uh my roommate said he went out for a run and and like literally ran into um i think it was susan sarandon who was just also like also out jogging and they just both like weren't looking (laughs) (laughs) oh excellent um i took a friend to uh a friend that i was in college with and he's from colorado and he was back in town and it was right after the OJ trial, all that stuff going down, and so he was in town, and I took him by OJ's house, <laughs> and we were driving by OJ's house, and OJ was out in front of his house, walking in front of his house, <laughs> and we're like, was that fucking OJ? Holy shit, we went down the street, did a U-turn, came back, cry, you know, inch in a line, he's got people just... Yelling happy, OJ, give me your autograph. We love you, OJ. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was a very surreal moment because obviously I, I you know I like most of America thought he was guilty. Mm-hmm. So looking into the eyes of a guy that freaking killed two people blocks from where you were right there, it was weird. And then having people just treat him like he was the greatest thing ever. It's a yeah. strange town, LA. I bet your uh, stories are fascinating. Yeah, there's yeah. It's a lot of the people you meet there are very interesting characters. Um, but hey, yeah, it makes for it makes for good fodder for uh, stories being written about them. <laughs> but, have you published any of these things? Have you sent them out, or do you have an agent? What's your what's what's up with that kind of stuff? Um, no, I think that's still in the uh, the pipeline of things to do. I'd like to have uh, at least a few more. Um, completed before i start doing that i am actually i i, I have a friend who's in um who works for a publishing company nice. uh, whose name is escaping me right now um <laughs> my good it, friend what's his name the name of, no, no no the name, the name of the company <laughs> no, no. her name is stacy i can uh, i can give uh, her that yeah but, um i but i i re, i actually am working on a, a little um personal essay about my dog who is laying down behind me on a pillow and it's uh, very precious um but what's your I, dog's name her name is franksy and she is a chihuini so a chihuahua dachshund mix um uh, it's all the it's all the like good parts of the dachshund with just like longer legs and floppier ears what's the good parts of a dachshund i had a dachshund growing up and i've lived with other dachshunds and my my recollection of dachshunds is loud oh oh she's not she's i mean she'll bark occasionally if like a stranger is around but she'll like 
She she hiccup barks is what I call it. Um, uh, where it's oh yeah, that's yeah. way less annoying than the dachshund barks I'm used to. Yeah, um, I have met some other dachshunds who are very yappy though. So maybe I just got maybe that's the good part of the chihuahua. Although I feel like chihuahuas would be really yappy too. Yeah, yeah, from... chihuahuas. I've been around chihuahuas too. My, um, my I've been around them, and I have I'm not a huge fan, but. But the, putting those two together, I can't even picture that. So has it got a short body or a long torso? It's a long torso. Um, long legs. Long legs? Yeah. Oh, she can jump very well. I'm sure she'll have chronic back problems um, when she gets older. She's about five right now. So and is she... the torso as long as a regular dachshund? Yeah. Like long back? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. I'm going to have to Google some. Google image those things after we uh, hang up here. Yeah, for sure. And sure. if I, I can plug my Instagram too, um, at Joseph Currency, you can. Uh, I'm doing a picture every day um, this year. Of Franzi or just life? Just of life. Um, and so uh, she's, she's, she makes it into a few of them. Um, and uh, I have started. Have you done that before? No, I never have. I started on January 10th. I was drinking hot cocoa. And was like, it was in a, a very large mug and had a nice, you know, whipped cream on it. So I was like, this will be a good picture. And then I was like, I wonder, uh, I tried to do it once when I was living in L.A., um, but that was on a camera, <laughs> whereas uh, this is just on a phone. And I like post it to Instagram right. every day. So I like hold myself accountable to it because um, sometimes with the camera, I'd be like, you know, I'm not always carrying my camera with me or yeah. I'd like forget for a day. And then I'm like, ah, this is the worst. So. I tried to do that with a blog um, in, when I was in Austin. The picture day, it was 20, 2012. Check it out. It's on there somewhere. Somewhere on Google, you can find it. Got <laughs> into early April on that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, a quarter was, of the year. That's not bad. Trying to do something every single day. I love the concept, but my, uh, I don't have a good track record on the execution. Yeah, there's there's some days where it's uh, you know getting close to to midnight, and I'm like I you know there's just nothing that fascinating or new happened today. So I I yeah, remember but, one time, but it, but it did. You just gotta you gotta open your eyes a little bit wider. Oh yeah, there's my my uh, favorite example of me just having nothing was um, I was doing some cleaning, and I noticed the dust was really I uh, built up. Um, on my uh, entertainment system platform, uh, so I, you know, made a little design in it and took a picture, and that's been one of the least popular pictures in terms of <laughs> like so. They People could, have their own dust to deal with. Yeah, they could sense it. Right. Yeah, you're just pruning up, the, pruning up your dust at the end of the day. You haven't. You're not fooling us, guy. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of your story, this this dovetails nicely to one thing that I wanted to share with you i am um, i after doing these parcel poetry books um i also did a a book of uh stories and with a bunch of photos i've taken from my various blogs over the years mm-hmm. so um and i've done a did a book of poetry for a guy that uh of the guy that owns co-owner of uh, violet crown he had a friend that died and left a bunch of poems so i helped him get that published so basically i've done a handful of books already i'm um, using indesign and my computer and uh and create space so i've decided to um start a little book publishing entity 
called Optimistic Books. So um, I've got three different projects I'm working on with other people, and I'm open to helping other people get their stuff done. And I, I will do everything from um, edit the book, um, help them if people need help with ideas. But basically, if you have a finished manuscript that you believe in, I, I will copy edit it, do the design and layout in a book, book form, um, create the create the cover with your input, of course, um, push you on my Optimistic Books website and be 50-50 partners in selling it, marketing it. Um, that's the business model that I'm going forward, forward with on this thing because you know, in the past, the, the barrier to entry for publishing was has been huge for hundreds of years. The last five years, ten years, probably more so than the last five, it's it's got a lot easier, but there's still plenty of people that don't feel don't feel comfortable editing their own stuff or marketing their own stuff or even just um, putting a, their ideas into a book form design wise. So I can do all that stuff and and um, you know living in New York to help get it promoted and just all these things. And um, you know once you have once you're working with somebody who's not trying to rip you off and because a standard book publishing contract I think is. Twenty percent, maybe. I got a fifty thousand dollar book advance in nineteen ninety seven, and I, I think my my percentage of the I was told by my book agent that it was around twenty percent. Maybe it's changed, but it's nowhere near fifty. So that's that's something I'm doing, and uh, I, I say that for your listeners, and I say that for you too. So if you get to the point where you, you know, ideally, if you want to go with a Big New York, New York publisher is going to give you a give you an advance and get your book into into bookstores. It's obviously the way to go. But if, short of that, there's options out there. And and this thing that I'm doing is hopefully going to be a viable option for many people. We got three and counting. I know a lot of interesting people. I'm I'm, I'm about to approach um, some of them, so it, it could be fun. <laughs> Not all of them yet, though. Not all of them. I'm going to start. I, mean, I got a list of like a half a dozen of my most interesting people I have friends and people I've come across and and uh, even a complete stranger. Do you know, do you um, you follow Humans in New York? Do you know this? Yeah. Stuff, I think. Yeah. Remember that story back in, uh, I think it was in February, where he, he ran into, into a kid, 13-year-old kid, and Brownsville, Brooklyn, and asked the kid. I think the question was, "Who do you, uh, what do you look up to, or who, who, just like, who's your hero?" That kind of that kind of question. And he talked about the principal at a school, and so the guy went to the school and talked to the principal, and and she had an amazing story, and the whole thing just blossomed into this um, multi tentacle story of this community, this school, and and the. Humans in New York community ended up raising over a million bucks for this school for two different programs in a matter of, I think, a week. But um, one of the people featured in the, in the course of um, kind of uh, expanding on this story was a guy, a former uh, classmate of the principals who had gone to the high school with, with this woman, and he had uh, he had a kind of a tough story and 
ended up going to jail and and she and he ended up um communicating with some of her students from her school and this guy had an amazing story of like transforming himself while he was in prison and he was helping uh he was helping kids at the school so anyway i tracked down his email address and he's one of the people that i want to approach about doing a book so i mean it's if i'm free to ask anybody all i can do is ask and then i have i'm pretty happy with um the stuff that i've already produced and i feel comfortable you know approaching people who who i feel have a have an interesting voice and a fascinating story and people whose story I want to share with more people. So that's, that's, that's the business. That's one of the things I'm doing. I'm still freelancing and, and, uh, I've got a documentary, a couple of documentary ideas that I'm working on and a lot of stuff out there. Awesome. And I, I will probably be checking you up on that offer. Uh, if I can get this into a, a readable state at some point. Yeah. Just, you know, there's, it's, it's, at the end of the day, I used to be really um, um, kind of intimidating the, the thought of doing a book, publishing a book. I mean, it was for other, to me, in my mind, it was for other people, and the process seemed near impossible. But now, um, you know, we, we can do it, and, and it's empowering to have the finished product that you've done rather than sitting on a, in a file on your desktop, you know? And if you're happy with it, why not, why not get it out there in the world? And then it's really up to you and me and everyone you know to get it in as many hands as as uh, the world intends it to get into. <laughs> That's kind of how I look at it. I'm, I, I would love to feel like every book is going to be sell a hundred thousand copies, but that's not a reality. But it's if you keep doing it and, and believe in the people and the and the and the stuff that they're putting out there, good things will happen. In one form or another. Yeah, that's a terrific mindset. Yeah, well, because you're just competing. With, you're competing with so many people or uh, have a voice now in so many forums. You know, from blogging to podcasting, it's a, it's, it's can be overwhelming. You know, and then when you, so you, you go into wanting to break, break through and be one of the, the small percentage of the people who can make a living at it and make some decent money at it and be well known f- for it. But, you know, you're, you're competing with tens of thousands and, you know, millions of people basically. So you have to be real realistic about what you're getting into and, and do it for the sake of doing it, you know, and then you'll find your, you'll find, you'll eventually, I think you'll find like the like-minded people that will appreciate what you're doing, where you're coming from. Exactly, and that's that's how I'm approaching this too, is to to do it for the sake of doing it, rather than this is going to make me the next uh, JD Salinger, where I'll immediately become a recluse afterwards. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's great about podcasting. It's like, yeah, you everybody could be want to be the next Mark Maron doing it out of your garage, but but at the very least, you will have a uh, a living record of what you were doing in this little space and time and who you were interacting with and what you were thinking and and uh you know there's some value in that somebody somewhere is gonna get to it some at some point maybe it'll be five people maybe it'll be everybody back home in chicago maybe it'll be my two of my friends and three of my family members but but it's there it's and it's gonna be it'll be accessible and 
people people get stuff out of it in time. Exactly, and I to wrap up. I always like to uh, to do a top three. Um, for you, I'd like to your top three uh, most memorable uh, cab experiences. <laughs> oh my god, it's just so impossible to do three. <laughs> but I can I can narrow it down to three thematically based on what's in my life right now. My wife, I got married October third, not in in. Um, Austin moved to Brooklyn a month later, and my wife has wrote me into watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and now we're full uh, full in on uh, Bachelor in Paradise, which I had never watched before. So, um, so my, you know, I got this two degrees of Bob concept. I got, I feel like I'm two degrees from almost every pop culture story in America right now, <laughs> and for the last five, ten years. But so. Austin, I'm doing. I'm driving my cab. I'd never seen The Bachelor before, but I had read a cover story on on Brad Womack, who was a bar owner in Austin. He was on the cover of People magazine two months after I moved to Austin, so I knew who he was. So <laughs> one night I'm driving down downtown, cross Guadalupe, cross Fifth Street, um, Guadalupe, and. Uh, I'm at a red light, and a guy across the street has got his hand up. He's with a cute blonde woman. So I'm like, "That's that." that. Okay, so and uh, go through the light turns green, pull over, and it's uh, Brad Womack and <laughs> and Emily Maynard. And I I picked them up on the night that the it was a it was the finale of The Bachelor, um, and it was. It still had not aired on the West Coast, and one of my sisters is a huge Bachelor fan. So, anyway, I'm driving. I drive Brad Womack and Emily Maynard um, for a little mini tour of Austin the night that the Bachelor aired, the finale aired. That was one of them. Second, um, Gary Clark Jr. had no, I never heard of the guy. Didn't know who he was. Um, picked him up um, one night in my cab, and. Um, First, uh, first thing he tells me is from Austin. Really, did you go to high school with the Bush twins? Yeah, he tells me a great story about bumping into um, Lauren Bush in the halls at school, and then I come to find out he says he's a musician, and he's he's flying to L.A. tomorrow morning to record his first um, major label album. Um, so I had like a 20, 25 minute ride home with him. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, and then there was the night. So if you want three, the third one I, that I remember is the night um, a guy threatened to kill me repeatedly, um, and I had a video, a little um, handheld video camera that I had taken out after he began making threats to kill me. I had it in my last left hand, sticking out the window as I'm driving <laughs> along. He refused to get out of my car, and uh, finally he, I got to a red light, and uh, at the red light he reached across and grabbed my arm and wrestled the camera out of my hand and bolted out the door and took off running. <laughs> um, but he was he was with a friend, and his friend was still in the backseat. <laughs> so uh, I managed to get the, the guy's phone number from the friend. The cops did nothing at all. Um, but I got the guy's number, and the next day he called me and um, apologized. 
apologized, felt terrible, and ended up meeting me at Best Buy and bought me a newer, better camera. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's my happy ending story. Yeah, that's not bad at all. So that's, a, that's a long-ass answer for three, three, three memorable cab rides. Sorry about that. Oh, no, I thought it was fantastic. Was, was it just unprovoked? His uh, his yeah, threat. No, it was it, well. What happened was he he and his friend got in the cab and like within four blocks they started punching each other. Hmm. That's good. One, one guy in the front, one guy in the back. I'm like, get out! You guys can't be doing this. And they begged me to um, begged me to let them keep keep taking them and um, and um, promise not to do it. And then five blocks later they started doing it again. And I demanded he get out, and he said he wouldn't. And I'm at that point, I was trying to find, have a cop pull me over, so I started driving like a maniac down <laughs> South Congress, you know, weaving back and forth, safely, of course, but yeah. just trying to get some attention, and the guy had the had the passenger, passenger door wide open, had his leg out, like, so he could keep the door open while I'm doing this, and just crazy, and he finally, you know, turned out he was so wasted, he didn't, didn't remember most of it, and felt so bad about me a camera the next day. That's, see, that's the Austin, or that's the Austin spin on things. Austin was such a positive, wonderful place that even a horror story like that <laughs> get threatened to kill, get killed has a happy ending. So we miss you, Austin. <laughs> we'll just have to come back and visit sometime. Yeah, well, we're definitely coming back for Christmas this year, so we'll be back. Excellent. Looking forward to it. And Two Degrees of Bob, Bob to Mystic Books, where else can we find you online? Um, I got, so check out the list on Two Degrees of Bob. There's a lot of content on that website, but, um, Bobtimistic Books is a place, and then, um, I also have a, a blog that I rarely write on, but, you know, if you guys start reading, maybe I'll do more. It's, uh, thegreatestyearofmylife.com. Check that out. Oh, and, and let me, here's a couple more plugs. I've got three podcasts that I'm doing. Just started. I got like two or three episodes each. Can I say those? Absolutely. Joey. Yeah. Sorry to turn this into a big old plug fest, but <laughs> um, so I got a Two Degrees of Bob podcast. Also, that's just we just got that on iTunes last week. Very exciting. Um, I have a podcast called uh, High Neighbors with an exclamation point at the end. That's I'm, I'm doing that with a, a guy that I met. This thirty-year-old kid who turned thirty on the day I got married. And, and, and I'm 54, so it's an interesting weekly uh, conversation with two different people going out in the neighborhood and um, talking to our neighbors. Eventually, we haven't done that yet, but we're getting to it. And um, the third podcast I'm doing, I used to work at a dispensary in Silver Lake, and uh, this podcast is called Marijuanica. That's, <laughs> that's like America and, you know, Marijuanica. <laughs> so check that out. It's Candid Cannabis Conversations. And that's also an iTunes, so check them out. Fantastic. We'll do it. We'll, we'll put some links in the, the bottom, too, if I can figure out how to get I feel like the iTunes is always so annoying because it's like you'll put a link and then it opens up iTunes. And then if people haven't Uh-oh. updated, it'll be like, oh, update iTunes. And I'm like, yes. Can you even so do, can you even link to these podcasts on iTunes? Um, I feel like you can. I know I've linked to things on iTunes before. I don't know yeah. if it was a podcast or if it was just music. Um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll make it somehow. We can link yeah, to just in iTunes. The, in the meantime, yeah. we've, all, we've all Googled before. We've all exactly. in letters and numbers. We can do that too. And Google's sleek new uh, logo now. 
So you can, oh, you can yeah. experience that. It, oh, it keeps throwing me off with the tab, because it's like a different G now. I like that new tab. It's black. I do too, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a fan. I like it. Good job, Google. Yeah, good job, Google. Thanks. <laughs> well, Bob, thanks so much for taking some time to chat. Don't get distracted by football tonight. Get your stuff done. Joey, thank you. You've reminded me to check out the schedule. I'm on it right now. (laughs) Excellent. All right, we'll talk to you again. All right, talk soon. Get on over to twodegreesofbob.com to learn more about Bob Mackle and check out all of the fun projects that he's working on. And you know what? Even though it's a rough week, we're still going to leave you with a joke. What do we want? Low-flying airplane noises. When do we want it? Get after it today, people. Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you were a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. You can send me a message, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. As always, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Ooh.